Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi. Hi, everybody. This is uh, one of the very rare occasions that we don't start off with the music. We just want to stay where we are in this moment. Today, we're going to be talking about therapy versus self-care versus praying the pain away. Let me just say, <laughs> this is J.Ill, the podcast. My name is Jill Scott. I'm here with Laia St. Clair and Aja Graydon Danzler. We're having a moment, good people. This is how humanity goes, you know? That sometimes we are dealing and facing things that, whew, that don't have a drop-off section. You can't just put it somewhere and say, I'll get back to it. A lot of things in life we can, but there are some things in life that we just, carry and they show up they show up in places we least expect on days we least expect the sun could be shining and families around and fun is happening but they show up real life heartaches there's a lot of reason for them 
You very well could be experiencing trauma from your childhood. There's a lot of that, you know. You could be experiencing a divorce or a breakup of a relationship that really matters to you. Um, You could be dealing with the loss of a child, a loss of a parent. (sighs) Guys, bear with me. We're talking about the effort and the tools to get through these things. I don't even know if it's the through. Is it the through, y'all? It's the through. To get through it. It's definitely the through. So that you can move forward and continue to treasure the moments that you've had to treasure the moments that made you smile and glow from the inside. We are all up in here sharing tears this morning or this day, this evening, whenever you're listening to us. We are completely inside this thing because we all understand it. And um, it doesn't matter <laughs> who, how successful you are or how long it's been or what you're doing in your life. The heartaches of our life do affect us. Therapy versus self-care versus praying it away. Mm. Uh, I mean, Laia said when we first talked about this that she felt like the, everything that that is all about a combination of the three. And that it's really important to kind of know the difference between them. I, I mean, this morning, I knew we were going to have this conversation. And I was really looking forward to it, actually. And I was looking forward to having this conversation specifically with y'all because I've had different conversations with you guys separately about just kind of how you're working through the stuff that you're dealing with and you know, just we've had talks about it, even touched on it on the podcast many times. And I knew that it was going to be a good conversation. And I started out this morning having a really beautiful conversation with a good friend of mine who is so honest with me and was really helping me to see some some strengths and some things I needed to change and really just kind of, you know, being a sister girl, just really showing up in the most intelligent and beautiful way. And I felt really empowered after that conversation. And then like things happen sometimes, grief does this thing that they call it waves. And this wave of grief just went over me because that connection and love oftentimes is uplifting for me, obviously. Who wouldn't feel uplifted by love? But sometimes it's a certain kind of love that I experience that also triggers a lot of pain for me. This is going into, 2021 is going into year three since my mother passed away from the physical. And this morning, the grief just, I mean, it just came in and just washed into my heart and spirit. And I just was trying so hard. Girl, I was using all my tools. (laughs) I was like, okay, you know.
know, I, I listened to some inspirational music and I said, okay, boom, boom. I went downstairs. I was feeling accomplished. I was cleaning. I was doing things, you know, to really feed my spirit. And I was like, I knew I was going to have this good conversation today and I was ready. And it just sat on my chest. It just sat on me. And look me in my eye, you know, mm. you know how like a baby will do you when you sleep? Little toddler will crawl up on you, sit on your chest, look at you. Feed me. Talk to me. <laughs> deal with me. Yes, deal with me. <laughs> yes. And that grief was like, hold, deal with me. Now. And I just was like, nope, not today, grief. I ain't fucking with you today. Today's a good day. And I got all my stuff. I went downstairs and came down here to the office where I typically will record, set up all my shit. And I said to myself, Aja, this is happening, ma'am. This, this is happening. If you don't call somebody and get it out, it's going to come out while you're working. It's going to come out and you won't be able to stop it. So I called my sister and I said, Tasha, she said, hey, you know, that's it. I said, are you busy? She said, yeah, what's wrong? I said, I got to get this out now. I got 20 minutes. I got to get it all out. She's like, go ahead. So I start talking and falling. I mean, just crying, like bent over, pain crying. On the phone with my sister. And it felt very much like a cleansing, but it wasn't done. And I tried to get it out. And I just feel so foolish because, you know, you try to control the conversation with grief, with your feelings, with your emotions. You actually, I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I actually is dumb enough to think <laughs> if I just give it 25 minutes, okay, I could just kind of, I could flush it out and whatever. And when the girls ask me why my face look a mess, I'm going to be honest, but I would have gotten it out. And so I got out, got off the phone, told my sister, I said, all right, good, I got to go. Let me sign on. As soon as I got on, Eve's asked me, well, was it like, how you doing? What? Now, why the hell? <laughs> why would you even ask me that? No, how I'm doing? Yeah, Eve's asked us how we were doing. And I looked at Asia and I said, Asia, how you doing? Girl, mm. honey. Child. Child, if y'all could see these eyes. The breakdown. Five, four. Baby. It wasn't even a countdown. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a countdown. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I was having uh, technical difficulties this morning. So I, I clicked off. And, but when I clicked back on and I saw your face, I said, oh, what is going on here? And today is a, a day, sis. So it's sorry. a day. It's a day. It's all right. And I want to be clear. I've been, I've been in therapy. <laughs> I know it's how to get on my knees, baby. Come on. I know how to prostrate. I Come know on. how to go into my closet. I know all of that. I know all of that. I have good friends. I have good family. I, I know how to sit my ass down. Mm -hmm. And so the tools are there to help it. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't cure it. Mm -mm. It doesn't take it away. And, and Jill just said this so poignantly. It's the through. You have to go through the through. You know, you got to go through it. And there's, a, there's something about grief 
And you can grieve all kinds of things, right? It's something about grief that does not, it is a thing that will not allow you to deny it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out what you're going to go to, to get through it. But yeah, I've, I've done all of those things mm-hmm. and, and, and the tools do help, but it's the commitment to the through. I don't know if that's this something. is a part of it too, though. That's, that's the thing. We didn't add this on into the topic, but you're supposed to let this happen as well. Like this is all a part of it. You're supposed to let, when this you get overcome, you're not supposed to hold that in and no. figure it out later. You're supposed to just let all that shit out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what she's supposed to do. That's getting through it too. You're getting through it. The getting through is ugly. It's not attractive. No. No. It's not it's not beautiful. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about it more though, so people can feel more comfortable in the ugly of it. You know? I went to see a grief coach okay. back in July. Smart woman. And I will take no credit for that. I have a good friend. And this is why, let me just say this to you, and I know some women do struggle with this, and we've talked about this on the podcast, but this is why who women friends in Mm. any amount, in any amount, will save your life. Come on. You ain't got to have 9,000 of them, but I promise you, if you got a good circle of women friends, they will save your life. And so I had a good friend who called me and said, hey, I got a friend who's does this grief coaching and I, she said she was going to be doing some sessions and I thought about you. That's how I came to do that. But I went to grief culture and she was telling me about this process around allowing the the person to fall apart, allowing that whole thing to happen, Mm -hmm. to letting that ball drop. Mm -hmm. And for people with children, you know, it's rough because it's like, you don't, you be trying to decide how broken you want your kids to see you. And I have people around me all the time, 24-7. And so I had to kind of come to terms with the humanity of it all, of allowing the humanity part of myself to be seen and that it could also help other people to understand their own humanity. So when Jill asked that I want to share this, that was what I tried to think about, was that it doesn't help me or anybody else to appear as if, I'm just always handling it. It's always together. Mm. It benefits nobody. And didn't you say your kids had a conversation with you about this when initially, when it first happened and you weren't letting the tears roll and you was acting a certain way and they was like... Oh, girl, a hot-ass mess. It wasn't all the kids. It was that son, son. Oh. Hey. It was that big one. Yes, Kim. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, child. It was that big one. I was acting a hot ass fool because a lot of times people think with grief is they think about sadness. They don't think about anger. And that's another thing I learned in grief coaching is that your grief, you have to be able to name some of the words. How are you feeling? Are you angry? Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel, you know, start to really pull out those vocabulary words on your ass. Like there's more to this than just I'm sad and I'm upset. But I was really very short. My attitude was really short. And I got into a confrontation with my adult son that didn't go well. He was about to go back to school and he and I were literally arguing. Well, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Acting crazy, child. Fussing and carrying on about nothing. You know know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Telling everybody they could go to hell. I had left. I pulled up my car, child, drove around the corner. 
He called me on the phone and was just like, Mom, if you don't find some time for yourself, this is going to continue to explode. And he said, we don't know how to give you that space, unfortunately, because we don't, we don't really know how to do it. We're not used to it. So you have to assert that for yourself. Jeez. We want to give you what you need, but you're going to have to tell us what you need. Mm. Girl. That he could I put said, words to that. Like, Jill, that he could put words to that. Like those feelings. Because that's the part. He could say that. Oh, my God. That's just, that's the part. I've, I've written about it in the past. That's fantastic. And that is such a tribute to you and Fatina's parents that you allowed and helped your son to be sensitive to other people. That's beautiful. I wrote about this before and I told him, I said, you know, that was the day I realized that I had given birth to a friend. Mm. 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 And that was two years ago. And he and I continue to have some very good conversations and very open ones also about his own grief processing. And that's the thing also too with children or with young people because we mother all kinds of young people. So they don't actually have to come from, from our birthing, but we mother and, and do this. And it's really important with young people because young people will oftentimes have hella trauma in which they are not processing with you. They are taking on that process on their own. And they hide many things. Young people mm -hmm. are very, very good double life people. Mm -hmm. We was all one. Girl, yes. were we not? Yes. Come on. Amen. Amen. Without social media, without social media. So what kind of magician you got to be now? She, the kind of magician. Ooh. You've got to be now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you have got to be now. Mm -hmm. I ask my children, just do your best. Can we just do our best that both of your lives can look as closely alike as possible for mm -hmm. me so that I might help and love on you? Right. The proper way. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's our thing where we just haven't been socialized to handle our stuff, and that's how we pass it on. The humanity. Hard to be a human. So you have a parent that gets drunk a lot or mm -hmm. uses drugs a lot, you know, just excessive ways to cope when a conversation is necessary and mandatory. And right. the fact that your son, with love, checked you in <laughs> love. <laughs> it, is, is something to celebrate. My grandmother and my um used to say one thing, and my girlfriend Kim Kim Mitchell, she she always said, "You can't hold your stomach in forever. Huh. Eventually, <laughs> you're gonna have to breathe." And that's really what it is. We're yeah. out here and and hurting and trying to act like it doesn't. Yeah, it will show up on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we even, yeah. and there's one thing in particular, Aja, and Laia and I, you know, we agree. We're so proud of you because you you constantly make this effort to feed your mind mm -hmm. in a time where people are not necessarily, I won't say, they're not trying to be learners. 
you know, right. and you're out here making the effort to learn. <laughs> and even in all of that intelligence and the quest for it, some shit just hurts so bad that you cannot pretend that it doesn't. This is an issue. I want to try hard not to, you right. know, I want to try hard not to pretend. Hey. Yeah. I'm not interested in pretending. Right. You got to allow time for it. So that's, it's also that too. So yeah. sometimes you, you don't pretend, but are you allowing time for this? For these moments? Right. And that's the thing is that they come to the surface when you've been pushing them aside. Yeah. That's the thing is that they make themselves known because you've not carved out the space for them to exist. Mm-hmm. And I've been somewhat open about this on my social media about the process of the grief and, and everything and what I've been going through about my mom. But there's always a little voice in your mind that says, oh, people are tired of hearing about this. They want you to get over it. That's all Asia. That's how, that's me all day. That's me all day. I do this. I, mm. And there's no time frame. There's no right, time let me, frame. Let me get my shit together then. Right. And trying to, <laughs> trying to rationalize your pain is causing you pain. Amen. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. But can I tell you guys, this is the, for me, this is so... This is the perfect example of how that comes full circle because no lie, my grandmother's birthday was on Friday. And I went through the whole, well, what do I post? What do I do? Well, maybe people don't, you know, and I'm just, and I ended up not really doing anything. And then I kind of just let the day go by. And it's funny because you feel like, you know, 
you don't want people to think you forgot because you deal with this on the daily. Like I, I have, I have the breakdowns, but I also, like I tell you, I sit here and I talk to my grandmother, you know, as well, Mm -hmm. but it ain't always sweet. It is moments where you, and she's my grandmother, so I can only imagine. And then that's the thing too. It's like, she's a grandparent. So, you know, we're expected that they're going to pass and we're going to outlive them. So you try to deal with that grief too. But then, and then, you know, you got to deal with the grief of your mother and a daughter who's lost. It's just, it's, it's, it's so, oh. it's so deep. And it all has its significance because it's about how it touches the person and who that person was in your space and life, you know? But then I have you in my life too. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. it just provides. <sighs> I'm grateful for this. I have to tell you, a very close friend to me had a very bad breakup. And I came over to just be with her, to be her support system at the time. Mm-hmm. She did some shit I wasn't ready for. She she got on the floor and she just had a pillow and was screaming and, and rolling around on the floor. And I was like, oh, Ooh. shit. I don't know what to do. Oh, shit. I don't know what to do. Yeah. What's so odd about that is I had a moment like that with my grandmother. My mother told me to leave her alone and let her be. But this time... I'm a grown up and I'm watching my friend in this outrageous amount of pain. And I just laid down with her. Mm-hmm. I just laid with her and and just held her because I didn't know what else to do or say. And I don't, you know, these times as a friend, you don't know what to do. But, yeah. you know, check on you. How you doing? Check on you. You know, just just hug long. Because a breakup, because Jill, a breakup in COVID at a certain age, like, it's, ooh. That's a grief. That's grief. How long was the relationship? Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Baby. Ooh. Mm. All the things. Let me tell you something. A hug will pull it out your ass, Yes. Yes. Especially right now. If peeps, somebody put their hands on you. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. And you got anything that's floating up near the surface? Baby. Okay. That's the hardest part. One of the hardest that was parts that, of COVID. That Eve's, when Eve said, how you doing? Yes. That was that. That was that. Yo, <laughs> no lie. I swear to God, I was riding my bike on the beach like two weeks ago. And I saw this girl and I saw the back of her. And I just said, I just knew it. Because I had already talked to her on the phone. I knew she was moving here. But one of my favorite interns, Ina, I saw the back of her. And I was like, Ina? And she was on her roller skates. And she turned around and I grabbed her. And mind you, this girl is like six foot two. I love I love all of Ina. Her whole family of bouncers. But I just knew it was her. And I hadn't grabbed somebody and hugged somebody like that that I had that not had just had. Uh, ooh, ooh, it felt so good, y'all. Ooh, it felt so good. I don't know. We what I'm, I'm going to kill y'all when I see y'all. I don't know. I might squeeze the life out of y'all. I'm going to bite the fuck out oh. you. You hear me? I'm going to bite <laughs> Yo, you. It's on. <laughs> I'm gonna need to reserve a couple like, hours for my hug. That's what that's how I feel about y'all. I'm let, me, let me say this though. What? One of the blessings of of grief, grieving anything, is it if you allow yourself to scream on the floor. Come on. If you allow yourself to actually feel it, yes. to feel your feelings. Yes. Yes. There is a deep healing and a deep power in that. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm going to circle it back to this. You're reminding yourself of your own fucking humanity, your own humanity. And, you know, I'm going to go here. As a Mm. Black woman, this is a thing that we have to assert daily. We have to daily assert our humanity in resistance to what it is that we're consistently getting. 
And one of the biggest blessings of this grief, and let me be clear, I will take all the reverting back in my maturity and emotional development to have my mother here in the physical, please believe it. Yes, ma'am. I know that. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, I cannot deny what has happened in my spirit. How I have discovered myself in ways that I would never have had I not had to fall on the ground. If I had had to be on the floor. It's a different perspective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. There's so much power getting up off the floor. Come on. And what I thank God for is the women that pulled me up and the arms that were waiting. And there's so many. Oh my God, there's so many. And I say this not to trigger anyone who doesn't have that because I realize that too, that that's a blessing and a privilege Mm -hmm. to have love. Yeah, huge. I say this to say that in this moment, if there's somebody who is experiencing this, I just really want to reach my hand out and help them and pull them up off the floor because even if it's just this moment with us, it's important to have it. Yeah. And that you're just so powerful on the inside. You really are. And that God creates all of this, even grief. God creates grief even to your betterment. Come on. That all of this is for mm-hmm. you. It really is. It's for mm-hmm. you. It feels like a thing that's happening to you, but it's for you. What is growth without the rain? I hate to sound cliche, but seriously. No, it's not cliche at all. But it's not. There has to be rain in order for the flowers to bloom. I want to say this is a a little known fact, but it's a very, very big deal. Years ago, Erica Badu and I were on the phone and we were talking about a lot of things. But this one particular thing stood out. We were talking about prayer. And she said, I don't ask for things. I just thank God for everything. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, she taught me how to pray. Mm-hmm. I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. You know, I, I visited a lot of places, Catholicism and, and Hinduism and Buddhism, mm-hmm. visited the Quran and learning about that. And that was the first time anybody had ever really s- said something about prayer that it just it was like a mind blower. Mm-hmm. So... I suggest to everyone, and I I have to say that that has changed my Mm. life. And when you are in the place, and and now, of course, I'm I'm thinking about all the people that I love and that, you know, I lost, and I'm I'm crying for you, Aja, because I see it and I, I feel it. These are the times when you get really silly about and, and, and really use your <laughs> all your words to say thank you for everything. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this sandwich. Thank you for these socks that feel good on my feet. Thank you for the bath I'm about to run. Thank you for the water in it. Thank you for yeah. this ginger beer that's calming my stomach. Thank you for every moment Thank you for my grandmother's hands. Yeah. And her sweet kisses and all the things. And and do it 
so much that it irks yourself <laughs> that you get on your damn nerves, your own nerves being grateful. Yes. Yeah. It changes things. It lightens the load. Even if, you know, you're being a bit of a smart ass, God knows you. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead and be a smart ass. You know, <laughs> just be grateful for yeah. all of it because there was someone that touched your life in such a way that you'll never be the same. That they shared time with you, that they loved you and cared for you and was honest with you and harsh with you at times enough so that you can scab and heal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. this is that the prayer portion of, of our conversation. Don't ask for anything. I tell you all the time, I mean, and I say this light, but I also say it in a very heavy way because I am more present. Now that my grandmother has passed, my relationship is with God has become so much more close and less unofficial. You know what I mean? And hey. and I also feel like I got somebody. Like, I don't know. I know. <laughs> I, I swear. I know for sure. I swear to God. I mean, I swear to God. Uh -huh. But I know for sure that my grandmother is whispering in his ear because of the things that have happened in my life since her passing. And as you were mm -hmm. talking and talking about the things that have happened to you and with you and how you evolved, you have mm -hmm. to acknowledge that that is your mama as well. And I know you acknowledge her. You know she is ever present. Oh, yeah. You do it all the time. But I say that to everybody else that's listening in a way too. Like I, she, my grandmother is all ever so present. And I say, oh, yeah. and to what Jill said, when you're talking about praying, I think the easiest way to start with acknowledging being grateful is in these moments. This is what I do. In these moments when I'm asking God, like, why? Like, why me? Like, what is the plan? Like, I don't know. I check myself. And I go, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for my blessings. I do not want you to ever think that I am ungrateful. I acknowledge my blessings and I acknowledge and I have faith in this journey that you have written out for me. And I just, I, sometimes I, I just, I get nervous and I'm sorry and I ask, but I just want you to know that I am so, so grateful. I have to do this because I know that I am blessed. I know that I have beautiful people in my life for a reason. I know I'm not a bad person and I know you got the best in mind for me. So with that all in mind, I'm not going to question you no more and I'm just going to say thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Gratitude is it though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the it. Yeah. Because gratitude is that precursor for joy and then yeah. joy is the thing that no one can take from you. That's, that's the thing that cannot die, that cannot pass away, that cannot you know, leave you or break up with you that cannot pay for anything. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not people. Joy is just joy. And that is a thing that we as, as a people have tapped into so lovely yes. in terms of our tenacity and growth and, and, and all the things that we're able to um, pull from. And we can recognize it no matter where it shows up. That's why when you experience us, in Christianity or Islam or yo or have, Yoruba, have y'all been watching that thing that PBS special on the Black Church? I have no. not seen it as oh. of yet. Oh, I'm sorry, but to it's interesting but. that it came out because mm -mm. y'all know I read something. I yes, yes, ma'am. We know. Bring it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did, but I did. I did just read something, about, and it made me. And I had to laugh at my own stuff because I was like, oh, I just read something about that. But I had stumbled over this thing about the Bakunga people and how they come from an area of, of West Africa and 
absolutely show up in the bloodline of many African-Americans, as we all know that West Africa was such a hub for the slave trade, and that many of the traditions of the Bakongo people and their belief and of, of how they view the cosmos and how they view the life cycle show up in early and current practices in Black Christianity, as well as Black Islam and so many different elements of that show up in our spaces, and particularly this one thing called the ring shout. And all Black people know about shouting in church. Come on now. <laughs> but as I was growing up, you know, you know, you ever be reading some stuff and you be like, I knew, I knew that. I knew it. I knew it. I, knew it. <laughs> I told my girlfriend years ago, I said, yeah, girl, I'm Muslim. But I said, I love shouting. I think shouting is the most beautiful, blackest thing I ever seen in my life. Yeah. I said, that's, some, that's so African. And she was like, that's interesting that you see it from that way. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, yeah, girl, that's, that's us. Mm-hmm. And so reading this and understanding that the ring shout comes from the Bakongo people and that that was part of our traditional religious belief and that we incorporated that and that it has sustained itself. Even after we introduced it into African Methodist Episcopal Church and they tried to sit us down his black leadership mm-hmm. tried to do away with it and we would have nothing of it. That hmm. even when we couldn't shout in a circle, guess what we did? Shout and stand and steal in the seat where we were. So I think, again, this is a thing, this joy, this thing that we can access, mm-hmm. that there's so many pathways to it. Mm-hmm. So there is the spiritual pathway, which is, really our birthright and our blood right. And then there's the self-care aspect of it in which we allow ourselves to be human when Mm -hmm. we hone in on our own humanity and remind ourselves of it daily. Mm -hmm. And then there's the therapeutic aspect of it that teaches us how to use these tools to move through these things, Mm -hmm. that there is such a thing as actual tools. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There are actual tools that people know, information, And, you know, intelligence, things that we can tap into others. They say, hey, look, I recognize what's happening with you. And you're normal. You're okay. And that's the thing about therapy. It's the process. It's going through the process. I know that on Tuesday at 3.30, I'm going to talk about this. And it may be a day that you show up on Tuesday at 3.30 and you don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. That's okay, too. That's okay, too. You know, it's better if you have insurance, but, you know. Amen. <laughs> yes. Which generally it covers people out there, if you didn't know. But it, but the process of it all, you know, being able to express yourself about that particular thing at this time is really important. Just mm-hmm. to allow it and release it. The holding on business is what makes our shoulders go up around our ears and our back hurt. Mm-hmm. And our blood pressure raise. And you you must know that, and I'm, I'm, you know, I know that you know, but I'm just saying it anyway, because it's true mm-hmm. that what's going on in our mind, in our emotions, Say it. it does have every effect on our bodies. Say it. It, it absolutely does. And your mind and your energy Ooh. can absolutely make you physically sick. Yes. Oh, listen, my grief coach asked me one day, she said, how does this grief show up in your body? Mm-hmm. I never had a therapist ask me that. How is this showing up in your body? Name it. When you're feeling this, what does your body do? Yes. Girl, listen. 
this is a time period in which people are way more comfortable understanding that sick, that you can be vegan, you can be working out five, six times a day, you mm-hmm. could be doing all of those things, which are important to do, and I don't want to diminish that. It's important to eat properly and to and to exercise and move the body, but you can be doing those things and still a thing creep up, mm-hmm. a thyroid, mm-hmm. a, a cancer, come on, an inflammation. Yeah, any of these things can creep up on you because there's a thing going on in the heart. It's a thing going on in the emotions, in the brain, and in the mind. And, and you just, you spoke a word to me just then because this is the thing that I feel like really is the monkey on our backs that we really have to deal with. I say all the time, I think trauma should be a public health emergency. It should be number one on the public health agenda. We'll be back after the break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Yo, this... mm. I'm just having several full circle moments. I I literally was just talking to a girlfriend this morning who had been trying to get her sister to go to therapy for the longest. And her sister got offended because the first word the therapist threw out is is trauma, which is ill because some people can't even face the fact that they have trauma in their life. I was like, well, what word is she she or you? She was like, just something like, and and, and definitely this woman has been through trauma in her life that she's never, 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 never dealt with. And then it led into a whole nother conversation too of, deciding your therapist because literally Asia as you were talking about your your grief counselor I was like dang is because she does does your grief counselor have a resource for other therapists because (laughs) it's so hard too to once you want to go to therapy then you got to find your match that part you know that part and I have a good girlfriend her name is Camila Rashad Mm -hmm. and I can name her because she does this work 
And she talks about the importance of Black people having either Black therapists Mm -hmm. or therapists who are doing specific work around equipping themselves Mm -hmm. to have discussion with Black patients Mm -hmm. specifically. And that oftentimes, and particularly people who are dealing with very, I think the word is acute, but stuff that's very far up the spectrum on emotional and um, mental disability, Mm -hmm. that oftentimes their, their desire to be in therapy to not be in therapy comes from that disassociation, that isolation yeah. from mm-hmm. going into a therapeutic situation as, as particularly for black men and black boys where they're going in and they're not only not talking to a, a male, they're talking to a white female therapist. Yo, that's, I'm sorry, not to be cool. It's not at all mm-hmm. tied into their experiences or what, nothing. Yo. And then we're like, oh, well, we tried therapy with them. We tried to, to put them in therapy and it ain't working. Well, you know. Well, you know what? Here, here's the gag. My therapist is a white man. Wow. How is, wow. How, I had one of those and it, it um, how do you? Um, we have very similar ideas, I suppose, on life. I'm not looking for him. I personally am not looking for him to understand me as a black woman. I'm more interested in him understanding or not even understanding me. But you know how therapy is. It's, it's, it's gentle nudging guidance. Right. Yeah. Asking for the right you, questions. It's asking the right questions for you to come up with the answers for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you do the work yourself, mm-hmm. it sticks. When somebody else tells you something, you know, it can, it yeah. can be really fleeting. But my my therapist is a white man, and um, he asked the right questions for me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's right. not. As- oh, I absolutely believe it's if you your match is your match. Your match is your yeah. match. It's not. As- but I think it's important to keep these things on the table so that we don't begin to get discouraged when we can't find someone who is. Yes, and I been- and I don't hold anything back at all. Right. I, I, that's not why I came. <laughs> to bullshit. I come to, <laughs> to bullshit, bullshit you. now. I, this, this, is, bill, this is what's going this bill on. means I don't bullshit. And huh? Hi. And there are exceptions to every rule. And just to flip the script, I have a, another girlfriend. I say her name, but she just got rid of her therapist because she was too damn judgmental black woman therapist. Ah. Okay. <laughs> like, I can't mm-hmm. tell you my, my secrets because now you like, you still met, you still dealing with him? <laughs> no. Oh, don't do that. No. <laughs> what? You still, what? You still dealing with that? Nah. Ma'am. Girl, okay. you know you know better. Wait a minute. Wait, Wait hold a minute. Up. <laughs> but I did want to big up to the writers of This Is Us because they attacked us on this with Sterling Brown when he was seeing a white woman therapist. And yeah. I love that the conversation came up where he, he for him, he needed a black man for what he was going through. But mm-hmm. you're right. right. And so that's that's really what more so I'm saying is that when it doesn't connect, mm-hmm. then there may be these other elements that are in the room that are keeping us from necessarily making that connection and mm-hmm. that we can that we have the option of of taking into account these kinds of things. But girl, listen. I was very surprised. Was y'all love at first sight, you? Y'all love at first sight? He and I? Yeah, like... No, no. I was going through a divorce and I was trying to deal with everything that occurred and the not listening to myself portion of the show. You know, when you know better, but you do something anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, that moment. I was Mm -hmm. trying to deal with that. Like, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up forever about this. I'm very glad that it's over. But I don't want to do these things again. And I have to talk it out and I have to address myself. So I went Mm -hmm. to therapy for that. 
And once I moved past that, and that took some time, I was also dealing with a, a job that I felt was brutal. And it almost stopped me from wanting to do anything creative. That added on to it. You know, uh, next that was the next mm-hmm. conversation and how to move past that. So it, it kind of just grew as I grew, you know, from one situation to the next. And, you know, I honestly, I'm, I'm away from home now and I, I miss him. <laughs> like oh. I really, I do. I miss my therapist. Oh. I do. You're supposed to do the online yeah. thing. You're supposed to do the Zoom. It's a great I, relationship. I know. I know we could absolutely Zoom. I like the office. I like yeah. that sofa. I, I like that he is, uh, the so space is, is warm. And I like the no nonsense of the place. I came wow. to purge. I came to deal. I came to face. I came to address myself and check myself. You know, I, I yeah. like that. But I, well, I started the grief counseling during the pandemic. Mm. So I have never been in physical contact with the grief coach, who is, by the way, a white woman, but who is also a white woman who is referred wow. to by a person who knew and understood that she knew and understood some things that were basics. Okay. So she never shied away from those conversations with me and was clear that if there was a point in which I felt she couldn't understand what it is I was dealing with, that I should feel absolutely okay with moving forward. But I think that more than anything, it's it was an experience that I needed that was beyond that. It was more so I needed someone to make things plain for me because I'm that type of person where I'm so used to being the person in charge. I got all these children. I, I, you know, I've been an independent artist for a long time now. I'm, I'm used to being in charge. I needed someone to give me homework. Assignments to give me things that I could do that I could do and things I could implement. See, Asia. And even though therapy worked, yeah, therapy worked in a different way for me. So it's like Jill said, therapy was more so a conversation that helped me work through and talk through things that I could work out for myself. Yeah. Grief coaching was something I did that I felt like was more like I have these activities. And I'm doing these things and Uh, implementing these things that helped me to clear the noise and actually do things with my life that I could take away from this and giving me language. And that that really helped me. You know, there was one time where I was she asked me to I want to say it was like make some piece of art or something that expressed like the legacy that my mother left me. And I knew right away that I was going to paint. My mother was a painter and I knew that painting was the it. Let me paint something. Mind you, I hadn't painted anything in a thousand years. And it did everything for me to think about legacy and think about what my mom left me and who I am as a person and express that through some sort of creative space. Mm. That activity did more for me in that moment than just talking about it. Being able to implement an action in my life. And so that opened up a big door for me and other things that I wanted to do in action. 
to celebrate her legacy. So I say this and I'll circle back to what Laia said about her grandmother's birthday. If your grandmother's birthday is a time that you want to celebrate and a time that is important to you, you can attach an action to it. And that action don't have to involve anybody. It could be posting. It could be throwing her a birthday party. It could be going to have her favorite foods or, you know, giving or gifting somebody something that was important to her and say, you know, every day on her birthday, I'm going to give this organization some money or I'm going to do such and such and such. I love that. I love, I love that. I'm like, oh, it's Alzheimer's. Yes. I love Alzheimer's. That. Yes. Yes. Alzheimer's at a dance party. Yes. Girl, grief coaching. Yes. Come on, girl. Yo, grief coaching. Yes. I've just thought of this, and I meant to say it earlier. I just never want to take away the, the close relationship that Native Indians had with shouting. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't want to take that away that, that I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I said I grew up as a Jehovah Witness, so we ain't shout nowhere. Mm-hmm. And and the first time that I saw shouting, it scared the crap out of me. I was like, what is happening? Why are what is happening? And even now, there's some parts of me that understand and, and the reasons why what I don't understand is the same dance. You know, I don't understand that portion of the show because I know. Oh, Child, it's always specific dances for specific things. Okay, you mean with the native, you mean with the Native Americans? Uh, no, no, no. I oh. just mean the In Native the Americans. I mean Native Indians. I understand yeah. what, that that's a cultural thing. So I suppose it's the same thing in church. It's a specific kind of dance for for shouting. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and then the beat go okay. the same, so I you can it. only do the same thing. For- <laughs> <laughs> there's some variations on it, of for course, sure. There's variations course. on it, and then there's clapping, and then there's the clap, the clap shout combo. Mm-hmm. Girl, yes. Yeah. When I I've seen it, and it was genuine. It was a a beautiful thing to see. Y'all funny. Y'all gonna act like as kids, you ain't ever get scared by somebody who got the Holy Ghost at church. Cause I know I did when it I came did. out of nowhere. No, no, no. I'm, no, no. I'm not right. fronting. I thought that was very strange. I was, <laughs> I was like, like, I oh. didn't know what was happening. I grew up with the African Methodist Episcopal <laughs> Baptist combo. Mm. So at AME church, they ain't do none of that. Oh. But at, in Baptist church, they did. Now, some people's AME do. I don't know. Cause see, I don't even want to get into that. Cause you know, I don't even know what my letters are. I just thought it was a, ba- I'm just learning from the PBS thing about the derivatives of Baptist Pentecostal AME. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, God. Yeah, right. I thought it was Baptist. I don't know. Right. So, uh, like I said, I grew up around Methodist and AME. Okay. United Methodist is totally different, but again, that's about the, that was the the mixture on my mama's side. On my daddy's side, it's all Baptist. So again, going to those two places, you saw a different kind of thing going. But that's the beauty of Black culture. Yeah. It does have nuance and differences once you start digging all the way in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you you gonna see a whole different type of shout. Yeah. You go to a Southern Pentecostal church. It's different. The first time my my cousin took me to Deliverance. Y'all know Deliverance in Philly. I, I went to Deliverance. It. it was a very big church at, at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went to Deliverance. And this was my first time seeing anybody shout. And the lady was so, so into it that she inadvertently slapped me across the face. <laughs> <laughs> And I oh, hit her no. back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hit her back because I didn't, you know, I, I, I couldn't understand why she was why she would hit me. You know, I just didn't understand. And I was like, oh, 
How old were you, Jill? I was 12. Okay. I was 12. A little better. Growing woman there. But how do I know better? You know, how would I know better? I only experienced the King of Based on the stories you told us, I expected you to do. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know what was happening. That is what led me to go to other places. I was like, hold up. It's a whole other world out here. What are they doing? What are they doing Yo. in the Catholic Church? And I was like, okay. oh, we going to get on our knees again? Oh, okay. All right. Oh, again? Oh, oh okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. You want me to go where? In the box. You want me to go to the box and say, what? To, okay, confess. To Yo. who? Who's Yo. in there? Yo. The, like, does he have socks there? on? Like, what's happening in his side? Yo, How come I, I can't see him? This is why I was so happy when my mother just said, you know, baby, we just a spiritual people. You know, we don't have to, we don't really, you know, I did the Muslim thing. Turns some, it was his Islam for me. And she was just like, we just going to be. I love the Muslim thing. You know, I love, but, I love the Islam. The Islam, but before, who was the his? She was like, and I was, you know, his. raised a Christian. So we just going to go to this church. And, you know, I still got the Quran. And, you know, Allah, Akbar, and praise Jesus. And yes, Lord, child, <laughs> listen. Before we get in all types of trouble, let's put it like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's put it like this, because I'm going to tell you something. Our folks don't play about their beliefs. Oh, that's, that's number one. Okay. So it's, it's, it's super important. But um, no matter what those And I don't think are, we're playing. I don't think I didn't we're playing play, I will say, I know you wasn't playing. I'm I just was saying, I just want to make sure that we circle back. Yes, ma'am. Specifically to saying this thing. That... This pathway, the spiritual pathway to healing, that this pathway that we all decide to choose, no matter what that pathway is, if it's a hybrid of things, if it's a specific pathway, whether, you know, no matter what it is, that that connection is important to having a perspective on the world and is important to healing and is important to adding that into your kind of recipe of well-being. Yes, bring us back to the topic. Yes. That is... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and we may not always understand everybody's pathway. You know what I'm saying? And it's not for us to. No. It really isn't. It's like anything else in life. It's to understand its purpose. Yeah, that's right. You understand its purpose. You may not understand it, but you understand its purpose. I love that. Yeah, I've seen people use that in many, many ways, which is why I've always had really good relationships with people who had different beliefs. I've had some of the best and most beautiful conversations about God with people who did not practice the same religion as myself. I I love that right now, no matter what religion you practice, I love that we're all meditating. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that we're, mm-hmm. we're exchanging meditations and, you know, apps and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I love, we're doing this way more than we were doing 10 years ago. I, I just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a, there was a fear. And I think that that's something that does keep people from allowing their, you know, gumbo of self well-being. Yeah. From having more than one ingredient mm-hmm. is fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that fear that if, if I rely on something outside of God or what is perceived to be God and religion, that somehow I'm, I'm dishonoring God. Sometimes I'm just dis- how somehow I'm dishonoring my my belief mm. and, and relying totally on God. And I think that that is a fair conversation because I think people need to have it fully in order to open themselves up to these other ingredients. If we don't address that, that is a a real concern. If we're not serious about allowing people to to work through that feeling. Mm-hmm. then they will always say, well, I ain't doing that meditation or I ain't doing that therapy. I, yeah. 
you know, they're going to continue to reject it if we're not real about the fact that, yes, I understand that what you're saying is that I rely solely on my creator. I get that. I get it. And I think you got to be able to validate that feeling. Mm. That feeling is real. But I do think that just like food in the ground and just like water you use to wash your butt and just like medicines that you use to get rid of your headache and all of those things that we have a we have a world that's full of tools and places and spaces that we can go in order to strengthen ourselves. And that that is not discrediting God and that is not putting God second. That is actually saying, God, I know you made a big world and I will use all the things at my disposal to to feel the way that I need to feel. I mean, that's just my thinking, you know. No, you're right. God made all that. God made created all Faith without effort is fruitless. Yeah. That part. So it's all about doing the work and whatever that means. Whatever that means, because quite frankly... You know, life is really the biggest gift anybody's ever going to give you, ever. Mm-hmm. And in, it's a much better life it, when you're living in gratefulness and in grace than in woe. Woe is heavy. It's a burden. You carry it. Mm-hmm. You, at some point, you have to put it down. You have to put it down. And you got to go through the work in order to, to be able to even reach for the ground on that one. Mm-hmm. Carrying it around. And not to say that you won't pick it up sometimes. Hello. You pick it up again. It'll show up just like it did this morning for you and sat on your chest and looked you in your face. <laughs> you know, like, like a whole toddler. I'm still here looking in your eye. Are you in there? Because <laughs> I'm you here. In there? You in there because I'm here. I ain't got and you have to face me. You got to face me. This is a part of it all, friends. This is a part of the journey. And I'm so grateful that to be able to share this with you. Mm-hmm. Friends. Mm-hmm. Friends. Mm-hmm. I knew you when you had new titties. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I had titties for a long time. I don't know. What she... I'm just saying they were, st- they were still fresh. Oh, yes. They sure. Were totally she's, actually, she's actually referring, she's referring to my, Your titties. To, to my very, very used <laughs> That's titties. very true. Oh, yeah. They, they I know we did know them titties. Time. Oh, I didn't think of, hey, you know what, Jill? That was rather brilliant. <laughs> oh. This is very true because my first time meeting Jill, I had no children and my titties were very fresh and unused. I, nice. I'm going to have to Google for, that. I, I almost know, don't remember. Life purposes. So long. <laughs> so long ago. I have pictures, darling. I will text you the pictures, darling. Laughter is still <laughs> the best medicine. Laughter is still the best medicine. Yeah, add that to Whatever. the top. Throw that in there. <laughs> throw, it, throw it all in there. It's a gumbo of forwardness, of moving forward into gracefulness and gratefulness. That's the gumbo. Some some therapy. We need some of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Some prayer. Yeah. Certainly need yes. some of that. And yes. all of that self-work, those, you know, Forgive me, the long walks. You know, know, I'm just saying all of those things are important for us to move forward because this is life 
And sometimes that motherfucker hurt. Mm. Wow. I'm going to be silent because that's the end. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Thank you so much for commenting and having discussions outside of this one hour we share with you every week. We appreciate that. This is J.L, the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace, y'all. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hey, everyone, it's producer Eves, and it's time for the resources. Aja mentioned her girlfriend, Dr. Camila Rashad. Dr. Rashad is the founder and president of the Muslim Wellness Foundation and founding co-director of the National Black Muslim COVID Coalition. She also established the Black Muslim Psychology Conference. I'll drop links so you can learn more about her and her work in the episode description. Also, seek out a therapist in your area or through an online service or app. You know we advocate for therapy all day on this show. All right, until next episode, y'all. Yeah. 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 Hi, if you have comments on something you said in this episode, call 866-HEY-JILL. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866-439-5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents J.Ill, the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. 
<laughs> Ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.